Welcome to The Art of Intimate Marriage with Dr. Jennifer Conzin. Sensitive yet frank advice for enjoying every benefit of one of God's most fundamental gifts. Dr. Conzin is a licensed marriage and family counselor, sex therapist, as well as an adjunct professor, award-winning researcher, author, and speaker. With today's conversation on the biblical approach to fulfilling intimacy in marriage, here's Jennifer. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Jennifer Conzin with The Art of Intimate Marriage. And if you've been following the broadcast, we've had um, some pretty heavy material in the last several broadcasts on when there have been uh, betrayals in a relationship, either an affair or the use of pornography, any kind of sexual betrayals, and how to work through that, how to heal, how to have healing conversations, how to rebuild trust, and so on. So today, and so you can go back actually and listen to those, but today we're going to jump back into some of the biological, physiological things that happen and, or, and go wrong with sexuality. So uh, we're going to begin from this week for the next several weeks talking about uh, each um, of the challenges that people can have around sexual functioning. So Today, we're going to zero in on low desire. Low desire is the number one sexual issue that gets brought up in um, to doctors, to therapists. It is the number one thing reported in all of research that people experience with sexual problems. Obviously, erectile dysfunction is a big one as well. Um, premature ejaculation, sexual pain, lack of orgasm. All of those are also brought up, but the number one complaint that is um, shared is low desire, both whether the female has low desire or whether the male has low desire. So this may be happening in your marriage. Uh, boy, low desire brings up all kinds of conflicts for couples where um, there's a discrepancy in sexual libido. So that would mean how much I want to have sex. That So that comes into play when people are discussing how often they want to have sex. So frequency. Um, and what if one of the spouses just doesn't think about sex a lot or doesn't feel sexual desire? Often what couples share with me is that when their spouse doesn't express a desire to have sex, it feels very personal, like my spouse must not be attracted to me. My spouse must not want me. I must not be attractive. So often the belief about sexual desire is that it means I am not a desirable person. So I always address that off the bat, that it's quite possible that someone just has a low desire. This is important because in even in the world of sex therapy, there's a lot of different views on desire itself and, and, and our expectations on should people feel desire and if they don't, what it means. Our expectations on our spouse of their feeling desire. It comes from the field of sex therapy. Uh, just a little education here. Back in the 60s and 70s, the founding fathers, it's actually founding father and mother of sex therapy, would be considered Masters and Johnson. So uh, they were two practitioners that, if in fact, you can see their kind of their story on Showtime. It's a show called Masters of Sex. It's also the name of the book about them. And they were researchers back in the 60s and 70s. And they came up with what 
is now and has since then been called the sexual response cycle. And in the sexual response cycle that they discovered, in a sense, when they were studying couples, is that people feel desire. So they they think about, want to have, have pictures in their mind. They feel the interest in having sex. They have desire. Then they start to experience arousal. Either the arousal comes just from thinking about sex or they start touching and then the body starts tingling and maybe the blood flow starts changing and the penis becomes erect. And so then arousal starts happening and there's tingling in the vagina and the vulva and so on. So that would be arousal. And then the third stage would be the stage of orgasm where the arousal peaks and an orgasm is experienced. And the fourth stage would be resolution, which is where the blood flow leaves the genital tissues. Everything kind of calms back down, heart rate goes down and so on. That is the sexual response cycle as taught by uh, Masters and Johnson and pretty much most people that specialize in sexuality since then. The only challenge is that is not how desire works for the about, I'd say, gosh, probably half the population. So for the majority of women, probably 70, 75, 80% of women, they actually don't experience desire before having, before engaging sexually. In other words, they don't think sexual thoughts, they don't feel sexual feelings, and so on. They don't have, you know, ooh, I want to have sex go through their mind. Why? Well, there can be a lot of different reasons. Some people just have a lower desire. Uh, uh, this is especially true of women during and after the childbearing years. So fatigue, jobs, and so on. And we're going to talk about all the things that affect low desire. But the reality is in the population that ma the majority of women don't experience, or a lot of women, might be a better way to say it, don't experience what they would call sexual desire until they engage. You also have a, a certain percentage of the male population that doesn't experience desire either beforehand, what you would call a spontaneous desire. And so when the message to our culture is all men want sex and all men are thinking about sex, and then this male doesn't think about it a lot, what will happen is the spouse will often think what's wrong with me if he's not thinking about me and having sex with me then it must mean me okay either I'm not attractive to him or there's something about our relationship or or it means he's getting it somewhere else he's doing pornography he's involved in an affair so there's when men have low desire it has a big impact often on the marriage because sometimes the husband also feels like, what's wrong with me? You know, why aren't I like I know other men to be when I hear men at work or whatever in the community and they talk about their sexual drive? They, you know, I don't compare to them. I don't have the same feelings or at least not the frequency to which they feel it. Well, so that I would say that's probably about half the population, about 70 percent of women, about I'd say about 30 percent of men. Maybe it's lower than that, 20, 25 it definitely walks in my office a lot where men have low desire. So when low desire happens or is going on, people have a lot of questions about why and they want to work through it and how do I improve it? Well, let's address some of those today. First of all, it's important to think through what exactly is desire? There's a lot of different words used to describe desire. Is it attraction? 
Is it feeling tingly and wanting to have sex? Is it the physiological sensations of arousal? That's the tingly sensation. Is it thinking about it, fantasizing about it, about being with someone sexually? Is it having a picture go through your mind of your partner and having sex? Is it a pull towards sexual release? Like I can just feel this buildup. Men will often express how they can feel this buildup and feel the need for sexual release. So they'll use the term desire or libido or all kinds of different words. And you'll, you'll hear all, all kinds of different words. The word attraction, desire, uh, libido, drive, urge. So all of those words are used to describe that sexual pull. Um, is it a need for closeness and intimacy? Um, some women especially will say, I don't actually feel the need to have an orgasm, but I feel the need to physically be close. And I'm saying women will say that. Let me tell you, I have men that say that, that I'm, yeah, an orgasm would be nice. But what I really need is that body on body, skin on skin closeness that makes me feel like I'm connected to my spouse. Is it, is desire the draw to have the orgasm, to have the, not just the sexual release, but the, the exploding pleasure of orgasm. So what is desire? There's, that's the first thing to talk about. Even between you guys as a couple, listen to this broadcast and ask each other, what would you call it? What words would you use? Now, arousal is a whole nother thing. A, a desire is more the mental and emotional, and it does go into the physical. Arousal is clearly the physical. So arousal are the physical symptoms of the body when either sexual touch is happening or when sexual thought is happening. Um, again, because uh, this whole idea of desire has to happen first is so predominant, these um, these par these parts of the population that don't feel desire until uh, initially, they often won't feel desire till after arousal. So. I told you about Masters and Johnson, right? They they brought up this uh, sexual response cycle where they said desires first, then arousal, then orgasm, then resolution. Well, what do you say about these folks that don't experience desire spontaneously? That That's, in my view, about 50% of the population. So in about 2000, another practitioner, Bassan is her name, came up with a different model. And what she said was that it starts off first. This cycle is more circular and it starts off first with willingness to engage. And then it goes to when sexual stimuli, whatever that means, happens within an appropriate context. So the relationship's going well, there's not a jackhammer going off next door, you haven't just had a huge argument, your relationship is in a good spot. So when sexual stimuli begins in an appropriate context, then touch happens and the body and the brain, the physiology and the biology and the psychology, the brain, start going, oh, that's nice. And they start feeling aroused, they have a subjective arousal, and then their desire kicks in. So Bassan called this responsive desire. I spoke about this quite a while ago when I was describing the different um, diagnoses that people can be given 
when they have sexual uh, challenges. They can have a sexual dysfunction diagnosis given. And so for women, it's called female sexual interest and arousal disorder. And for men, it's called hypoactive sexual desire disorder. And basically, for some people, it might not be that they have a desire disorder. It may be that their desire kicks in later. So I would say when I show the Basson diagram where <clears throat> desire kicks in after touch begins, people are like, yes, that's me. And they feel very freed from, oh, so I don't, I'm not, there's not something wrong with me if I'm not feeling desire ahead of time. <laughs> well, you'd be kind of in the norm if you're not feeling desire ahead of time, if you're about 50% of the population. Um, again, I, that's a rough number just from my experience. It's very freeing for people to realize that for many, a desire doesn't kick in until arousal begins, until touch begins. So what this would look like between you as a couple is, uh, let's say it's the husband and he approaches his wife and says, hey, I'd love to have sex tonight. And she says, sure. And so, you know, whatever happens, uh, you know, either if there's kids, put them to bed or, you know, take a shower and, you know, maybe do some lighting or whatever. So she is willing and then the relationship is good. They start engaging. They start touching. The foreplay begins. And we've talked about sensual and sexual touch in previous broadcasts. Let's say all the touch starts and all. So she's like, okay, sure, we can have sex. Okay. Oh, and the touch begins. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's nice. She says, oh, that's nice. And all of a sudden she goes, okay, now I'd like to, oh yeah, I'd like to have an orgasm. So her desire kicked in after things got going. Uh, Many, 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 many women share with me. This is exactly what their experience is. They don't feel or think sexual thoughts until they get going. And then there are. I have had men. I show this circular model, Basson's circular model, and they go, that's me. My desire doesn't kick in until after we get going. So that may be your circumstance, that your desire is what you would call a responsive desire and that it doesn't happen till arousal, which is the tingling sensations, the touch, foreplay, and the body responding to foreplay. That's arousal. Well, what is arousal exactly? So arousal is, is going to feel like a throbbing, a pulsing. Uh, for men, it's going to be uh, experienced in erection. It's going to cause tingling, buzzing. Sometimes people express heat. So it's a physiological state of heightened awareness to sexual sensations. All righty. So that is desire and arousal, and that's what they are. I'm going to go in a little bit here, and I'm going to explain. So how do you... How do you build desire when there's problems? What causes problems with desire? Number one. And then number two, how do you build it? How do you increase it? Can you increase it? Can you improve it? Might be a better word. So I'm going to go there. But for a moment, let me just explain what we're doing here on on the Art of Intimate Marriage. Um, You can become involved with this ministry by sending me questions. Uh, There's all kinds of broadcasts. You can go and listen to them on the Art of Intimate Marriage. So previous broadcasts are recorded there under the podcast. And you can listen to those. It might bring up questions. You can send me an email, jenniferconson at yahoo.com, all one word. Also, you can go to my website, The Art of Intimate Marriage. There's all kinds of other things on there to um, aid you. You can order my book there. There's also a tab there, and I want to tell you about that tab. So this is a listener-supported ministry. If you would like to have this continue on the radio station here at Kbright, 
go ahead, go on my website, The Art of Intimate Marriage, and click that contribution button. Send us your help so that we can continue, that we continue contributing to the Christian community here in San Diego and elsewhere. So also want to say that um, if you want to read some more, you can go order my book off of Amazon, The Art of Intimate Marriage. Send me questions. So you can get all involved in all kinds of different ways. All right. So let's go. Let's talk about what some of the reasons are that people have low desire. So low desire can be affected by a number of different things. Sometimes it comes it comes down to somebody's background. You know, sexuality was never talked about and it was talked about negatively and so the desire for sex just has not been there. So it can be your background. If somebody has any kind of an abuse background with um, sexual abuse or with, uh, with any kind of molestation, if someone's been raped, it can absolutely affect desire levels. Um, also, if there's not a lot of emotional intimacy in your marital relationship, it can cause lower desire. You know, if if you're not feeling, ooh, I just feel so drawn to my spouse. We have such a great relationship. I'd like to be with them in every sense of the word. That So it can affect your sexual desire. Also, if there's been any kind of betrayals, which we talked about in the last broadcast, when trust has been broken, that will absolutely affect desire levels. Um, dealing with those problems can affect things. And your mental health can affect desire. So if you are someone that is dealing with anxiety and depression, especially those two areas are very associated with low desire. Uh, anxiety often drives people. It can also create a higher sexual desire. But there are definitely individuals who have um, high anxiety. They might even qualify for a generalized anxiety disorder. And so uh, anxiety itself can shut down sexual interest. Definitely depression is highly associated with low desire. The other reason why depression is associated with low desire is because if you're on medication, so if you're on any kind of an SSRI, so a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor medication, um, that can, they are known to be connected with lower desire. Uh, there are other um, mental health medications for depression that don't have the impact on the sexual desire as much. Well, butrin is one of them. So sometimes people have to go in and see their their doctor and change their medications because if you're on an SSRI, it will affect, it can affect desire levels. But there's also other mental health challenges and medical challenges that affect. If you've got um, blood pressure issues, if you have, oh boy, pain disorders definitely affect desire levels. Um, if you have any kind of um, chronic illness, if you're going through surgeries, they all affect uh, desire levels. So also, if um, if you have negative view of self and a negative view of your sexual self, what I call the sexual self-esteem, if you have a negative body image, that can absolutely affect whether you want to engage sexually. So a piece that's important in all of that is understanding that sometimes you're going to be on medications that affect your desire levels. I just want to briefly mention some of these. I already did when I talked about antidepressants. So antidepressants definitely affect uh, desire levels, but so do anti-anxiety medications. 
So ask your doctor if you're on an anti-anxiety medication, a Xanax, something like that. It could be both men and women affecting your desire levels. If you're on an anti-convulsant, Dilantin, something like that, uh, that might be affecting your desire levels. All the antidepressants can. Most of them can anyway. Any antihypertensives can affect desire. Um, clonidine, any diuretics, beta blockers, all of those will affect desire levels. If you are um, using a hair loss drug, yes, surprise, men, <laughs> if or women, if you're using a hair loss drug, it is actually associated with lower sexual desire. So there are some men that decide to go without their hair because they don't want to go without their sexual desire. So, you know, there it is. Also, if you have an enlarged prostate, that because all things having to do with hormone levels in the body can affect desire, a large an enlarged prostate can affect and the medications used for it. If you're on any kind of uh, heart failure drug, uh, cortisone is one of them. If you're on a heart, okay, this is surprising for some people. Heartburn medications like Pepsid and Zantic, uh, Tagamet, uh, they will, they can affect desire. So pay attention to that. If you're on any kind of a pain reliever, um, this can be something as simple as Advil or Motrin or Aleve. Specifically, these are the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory ones. They can affect desire levels. And then, of course, if you're involved with cancer, or if you have any adrenal, pituitary, or thyroid disorders, they will absolutely affect desire. So if you're wondering, where does this come from? Check your medications. That may be one of the issues that you're experiencing. Okay. Well, the biggest question that couples have is, well, thank you very much for this information, Jennifer, but where do we go from here? How do we create desire and arousal? How do we improve um, our feelings of arousal and our feelings of desire? How can you, you know, the, one of the challenges is that women often can't tell when they're aroused because they don't have a penis that sticks up. They have they have the, the vulva that might start throbbing, but a lot of women don't even know that they're feeling aroused and that they're feeling desire because their body doesn't give them the same message that it does for men. But in general, for men especially, thoughts, uh, dwelling on thoughts about your spouse, I tell people, keep your eyes open. When you have sex, keep your eyes open and watch and then replay those images in your mind. Um, that can absolutely, if you know that your spouse might want to have sex later that night and you had a great experience last time, he brought you to orgasm, she brought you to orgasm, you had a great time together and you kept your eyes open and you can picture it or you can remember the sensations. This is exactly what Song of Solomon is talking about. When you look at Song of Solomon in it and it talks about how they're, they're experiencing each other's bodies and, and so on, they are, um, they actually are talking about stuff that they're going to do in the future. When you look at how the beloved and the lover interact in Song of Solomon, they are saying, this is what I'm going to do to you. This is what we're going to do. We're going to go to the garden and my lover is going to do this and his hand is going to do this. So they use these very sensual sexual terms. So they're, they're fantasizing. So that is, if you're wondering, as a Christian, as a married Christian, is it appropriate to fantasize? Well, number one, it's in the scriptures. But number two, when it's about your spouse, I hope so. <laughs> um, in fact, you might want to intentionally cause yourself to think, remember back, 
And that can literally cause more of an interest in sex for some that can improve their desire levels. Um, there can be some really small things that you can begin doing that can make a difference with desire levels. One is, <laughs> no surprise, get help with how you're dealing with conflict because conflict lowers desire. And so working through conflict can then, when a, when a couple feels super connected, when a wife feels super connected, like we've he's really listened to me, when a husband feels like she's really heard me, all of a sudden, wow, I would love to spend time with you. So how's your conflict going? Some other very practical things that can be helpful to increasing desire is spend time touching each other. Um, there's a previous broadcast both on sensual touch and sexual touch. Go listen to those. Go read about those. Spend time touching, not just when you're going to have sex. <laughs> so I can't tell you the number of time I'll have somebody, you know, a wife will say, you know, the only time he touches me is when he wants to have sex or when he wants to have sex, he touches my butt or he touches my breasts or right. Those kinds of sensual touches, it's vital that they happen outside of sexual initiation. In other words, that affection and sensual touch is happening throughout the relationship and not just when someone wants sex. So check how your sensual and sexual touch is going. That in and of itself can create desire. How is your playfulness going just verbally or messages? One thing that really makes a difference with desire is throw little tantalizing hints out there. You know, hey, I'm looking forward to tonight. Send a little text. Um, you know, say things on the phone when you're talking on the phone. Um, flash your spouse. You know, women sometimes will do this. They'll flash their, their spouses. Their spouse is walking out the door. Looking forward to this tonight. Like playful, interactive sexuality that's not what actually happens in your bed. So this is talking, comments, little moments of laughter and fun. That in and of itself can increase the enjoyment of sex, but it can also increase the levels of desire. In all actuality, if you are not having orgasms very often while you're having sex, that's going to affect your level of desire. So if that's the case, figure that out. So we're going to talk about that in another broadcast. We're going to talk very specifically about problems with reaching orgasm, but have more orgasms. It'll increase your desire for sex. One last piece for increasing desire. Watch the atmosphere of your room. Make it look beautiful. When you're going to have time together, change the music, put music on, light the candles, put something good smelling in the room, look at the atmosphere and change it throughout the day and at the moment of engaging together. So there's some thoughts on desire in the sexual relationship for married couples. This is Dr. Jennifer Conson for The Art of Intimate Marriage. Until next time. Thank you for joining us for The Art of Intimate Marriage. Now let's be real. This is not a typical radio program and we know it generates questions. If you have one you'd like Dr. Conson to address here on air, email her at jenniferconson at yahoo.com. Conson is spelled K-O-N-Z-E-N. Jennifer Conson at yahoo.com. We hope today's program was beneficial to you. And if you agree this unique voice should be on the air, your donations will help keep it there. 
to give or to get more information about the ministry, Dr. Condon's Center for Sexuality in San Diego, or to get more resources for improving intimacy in marriage, visit us on the web at theartofintimatemarriage.com. And for more on experiencing the marriage God designed, join us this same time next week for The Art of Intimate Marriage.